Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. I'm Mary Eisen, sitting in for Jonathan Hessen. There is very little profit for prophets. If they are careless enough to predict the immediate future, even tomorrow, let alone next week, next month, or with that in mind, next year. Having said that, we're going to try to peer into the haze, the snow of early 2023 in an effort to see the general outline of the year mostly ahead of us. Joining me to discuss this issue today are Colonel in Reserve, Ruven Ben Shalom, a fellow panelist in Powers and Play, ICT um, analyst at Reichman University. Shalom to Ruven. With us also, Eran Etzion, former deputy head of the National Security Council in Israel. Shalom, Iran. And of course, our own in-house analyst, Amir Oren. Amir, start us off and try to be a prophet in Jerusalem, if you dare. With some honor, uh, hopefully, but we will see at the end of the year when we meet uh, for a recap. Now, a week into the new year, uh, we don't have facts yet. Um, on which to base our assumptions. But we do know that in politics and perhaps in this region, perceptions can move reality. And um, if you look at how the Palestinians perceive Israel and how other actors around the region, around the world, look at Israel, we have to wait and see whether the perceptions in Ramallah, in Hebron, Uh, in Jenin, of how the new Israeli government will operate, obviously they are all anxious to see if this is just another bunch of politicians who have campaign pledges, but once in power, find reasons or pretexts to um, uh, continue what their predecessors did, they may not wait for new facts on the ground to um, constrain for instance, the Palestinians, they may rise up and cause another cycle of violence just by way of perceiving what the Israelis might do. So we may be in even in the early part of 2023. We won't have to wait until the summer or fall um, to see whether this is going to be the year when the um, early warnings of the Israeli military intelligence professionals. They have warned about it years ago. They kept repeating this warning even a few weeks ago in uh, uh, looking towards 2023, whether their uh, warnings of a new clash between Israelis and Palestinians will come true. So, Amir, you're starting with a harsh kind of pr- perspective of a prophecy of perhaps violence, a term that none of us are going to like, but I'm going to say it nonetheless, third intifada, because that connects it into the Palestinian arena. And I'm going to take that for a moment but, but as let, I look let across. Me just, just, let me just uh, okay. add, um, the current uh, chief of uh, assessment of research and analysis in the Israeli military intelligence uh, branch, Brigadier mm-hmm. General Amit Sar, has a couple of years ago, uh, following uh, once again 
a round of violence uh, between Israel and Hamas in Gaza, wrote a paper uh, titled um, How We Got Into a War Nobody Wanted. And the lesson is that once they start, they seem to have been inevitable. But no, they can be avoided. So what I said was not a prophecy. It can still be affected by what governments and people do. What Iran also said in that sense when he was talking about it, he has spoken about the fact that that generation, especially within the West Amit, Bank, Amit Sal. Amit Sal, when Amit sorry, I said, when Amit Sal spoke about it, he talked about the fact that that next generation has no hope. And looking into 2023, when we talk about that aspect of that enormous youth, let's put on the table the Gaza Strip, half the population under the age of 25. The West Bank, half the population under the age of 30. When we look into 2023, let's say that we want to be a prophecy and we want to impact it, as Amir said before. Iran, how would you go about, how would you go about looking at 2023 at possible different policies that would be able to impact, perhaps to avoid that kind of conflict? And I'm going to continue afterwards to try and talk about what would be different if that conflict would take place. But first, I want to start with you, then, Iran. There is one major policy tool that was not utilized uh, in many years, and I believe holds the key to a dramatic, constructive, and positive change. But, of course, it's risky, and uh, the incoming Israeli government is not going to voluntarily use it. And I'm talking about general Palestinian elections. The one thing I believe that could create a constructive succession to Abu Mazen and the current regime of the Palestinian Authority on the one hand, and to reunite Gaza and the West Bank, which I believe is an Israeli interest as well as a Palestinian one. The one thing that can do that is uh, free and fair Palestinian democratic elections. Do you think and that that is a possibility in 2023? No, mainly because of the Israeli government. But you asked me, you know, if I... If I had a choice, what, okay. what is the thing that, that can uh, essentially reach out the, the entire map between Israel and Palestinians? That's the tool. And there is, and the, the uh, kind of uh, uh, additional element to that is that I don't see any other tool, not diplomatic, neither military or economic or whatever, that has even anything near that impact. And all the other tools that the government will probably try to utilize and here is the prophecy, will fail. Wow. So here we are in that failure. And essentially what's being said here is that mm -hmm. failure in 2023 to not change the situation dramatically will probably bring around yet again in 2023, as happened in 2021, as happened in 2022, yet again another, I hate the term, round of violence, but another violent confrontation. When I look at you right now, Oven, and I ask this question looking into 2023, I want to be clear. There are essentially four different arenas when we're talking about 2023 when it comes to that question of violence. Um, the Gaza Strip, everybody sees, is more clear. The West Bank has been much more violent over the last few months in 2022. Um, but I need to add in two additional arenas here. We're in the Jerusalem studio, the city of Jerusalem, the impact. And I'm going to ask specifically, yet again, I'm going to be a prophet for a moment, okay, is Miriam the prophetess, right? In 2023, the end of Ramadan, the holiday of Easter, and the week of Passover are all going to be in the month of April. So I'm going to give a prophecy and say that the month of April gives us a challenging future situation. 
Can you try and share with our viewers what that means in terms of what could happen? You all, you're almost What's quoting T.S. Eliot, April being the cruelest <laughs> month. Oh, my goodness. But I think I missed something in your question. What was the fourth arena, Miriam? Ah, the Arab citizens of Israel. Okay, that's a very important arena. Absolutely, and you're right. And I think one of the things that we see now is that when something happens, it becomes the new norm and the new bar. And after the last escalation and violence we had inside of Israel, I think it's perceived now on all sides as if that is going to be the starting point of next time. So we have a huge challenge. As far as what it would look like, it's amazing that we we know. I mean, we, we already said it. And what's going to happen? It's going to be some... I'm sorry to use this word, some stupid escalation that comes from something that someone said. It's going to be one of the Israeli politicians that does something or says something. Now, certainly, just like in the past, like when Netanyahu opened a little opening to a tunnel and we had three days of violence, 17 soldiers killed and and other cases. Olmer to open the tunnel, but yes. Okay. In 1996. Olmer was the mayor and Netanyahu was the prime minister. Netanyahu absolutely. made the decision without consultations. We had Sharon that went up to the Temple Mount. So we know that Israeli politicians can do something or say something. So unfortunately, how is it going to happen? That's the way it's going to happen. It's people not being smart, not being wise, not being calculated, sometimes maybe, they are being calculated Maybe because some of the politicians now on the stage know how to use this rhetoric. The recommendation here, by the way, I didn't know we we're going to here to fix things, but if we can give a recommendation, it would be to try to exercise some responsibility, even the extremist in the government. Think very carefully about what you say, what you do. Some could be proactive. Things could be said and done before. Certainly don't make stupid mistakes like we did in the past, like like make decisions, technical decisions that have to do with Temple Mount and security because every little thing like that could trigger violence. Only one more point I will say, just like in the past, when we did things like that and it led to violence, even opposition to the government said back then, Yasser Arafat was looking for an excuse. There could always be an excuse. Certainly the youth now, and there is a lot of bubbling going on. So even if we sit quietly and we say, we respect you, we respect you, we're doing nothing, still it could happen. All I'm asking is to try to be careful because... Certainly violence is going to help no one. So here we are, 2023, voices of perhaps violence and a kind of pessimism to the fact that something can actually change. And I move beyond our inner lines in that sense, West Bank, Gaza Strip, here the city of Jerusalem, capital of Israel, let alone the Arab citizens of Israel. And I go a little bit further and I say, okay, so Iran, Hezbollah, nuclear, I mean, here we are, going into 2023, is anything going to change there? How do we look at this, Samuel? Well, you know, when you go to the moon, um, you have uh, to first cross the atmosphere and get out of uh, the field of gravity of, of Earth. You are not going to leave this field of gravity. This is what Israeli politicians like to do. They say, yeah, forget the Palestinians. Nobody cares about them. Nobody wakes up speaking about the Palestinians. This is Naftali Bennett, not necessarily uh, Netanyahu. And um, going back to what you wanted uh, to uh, get away from, <laughs> the, the um, question is, is there uh, a correlationship between welfare and warfare? of these Palestinian youth, which all of us spoke about. Because if you take a 25 or almost 30-year-old Palestinian who is unemployed, um, unmarried, and this is very important in Palestinian society, because work, 
wages, wife are all connected. If he doesn't have enough funds, he cannot go to her father and ask him for permission to marry her. So he is bitter, frustrated, and the uh, Israeli authorities know it. They would like to have more Palestinian workers come into Israel. Sometimes they turn a blind eye to those who come without permit, as long as they bring in wages to uh, their families. And by the way, um, mediators, scalpers, whatever you call them, either Israelis or Palestinians, take 20% off their wages. If the Israelis knew how to fight these middlemen, the welfare in the uh, Palestinian community would improve. And then what you have is some tug of war between the internal security service, Shabak, because they fear terror acts by those Palestinians, and a broader perspective by other elements in the governments who say, yes, let's take the risk. Because the Shabak perspective is that if there is a terror act and there is Israeli retaliation and there are Palestinians killed, funerals, round of violence, so each of them has a point. But, but the fact is that we are not going to um, escape this entire equation. But when we look at this into 2023, and I take the pessimism on the option of having elections at all, at the pessimism that you just said about creating more jobs, Amir, I was taken by the description that you gave, because the description that you gave of no work, no wages, no wages, no wife, is not a West Bank, Gaza Strip, Palestinian problem. That is a problem throughout the Arab Middle Eastern world. It was at the heart of the events that happened from 2011. And we are now so many years past that, and it's only gotten worse, more unemployed, as many people under that age of 25 or 30 with that exact same issue. So again, I'm going to move out for a moment and look at 2023 and say, is that description that could bring violence within our own arena, one that will also in 2023, perhaps expand, not just within the Israeli-Palestinian arena, but also in a broader sense. And as I brought in, in that sense, Lebanon is a failed state to our north, Syria that hasn't exactly recovered from anything. I'll start here with Amir, and then I'm going to go out and about. Well, you know, um, analysts, think tanks, intelligence um, uh, agencies uh, usually try to think in neat um, Excel. Um, Makes agents. our life easier. Right. So, so um, if you asked uh, the Israeli intelligence services in the mid-1960s, will there be war in, in future years, they will say, yes, but not yet. 1970 seems like the likely year. It happened in 1967. Then in 1973, when you asked them, they said, yes, in 1975, let's find. If we look at it uh, in uh, 2023, um, it, um, it is tempting to say, well, 2025, 2030, we can't really know what will be the spark which will start it. But your description is right on the mark and add to that two other phenomena. Migration, millions of people moving about, refugees displaced, and climate. Deserts, floods, um, you take all of that, it could very well happen 
either in 2023 or shortly thereafter. So if I take that sort of idea with those different ones on, and as I look at this and I think to myself, so 2023, you know the question that all of our viewers want to know, and I'm going to ask you to be a prophet. Netanyahu said in a few of the, um, um, I think that he gave a few interviews in the incoming government that there's going to be peace with Saudi Arabia or an agreement with Saudi Arabia. Elan, how do you view that? Do you think that Saudi Arabia will be the next country in 2023 to come aboard this broadening sense, or is that going to be different? I'll answer in a minute, but there's a very big point that I think we're all missing, and I want to highlight it for a minute. Um, and that's, to me, that is the, you mentioned four different arenas that uh, might inflame in, in uh, 2023. I think there is a fifth one, which is more important, more crucial, mm -hmm. Uh, more dramatic and much more likely to uh, inflame. And that is, it has nothing to do with, or little to do with, with Israel and the Palestinians and externalities. It has everything to do with our internal affairs, politics, and the fight for democracy, and the attempt at a regime change, which the incoming government is essentially, as we speak, uh, trying to make. And 2023 is going to be the year in which uh, the, the, the real battle that will rage first and foremost is a battle for Israeli democracy and the, uh, um, uh, the, rule the, of the law. fault lines and the, uh, and, and the different camps are going to be the, the three different branches of government. Now, I think that what uh, Iran brought up right now is very, and, very important for us and, to acknowledge and, and to say so. And, we always and, tend to go into the other arenas. Yeah, we fall back into, you know, what we're familiar War. with. War. Yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, other parties, not us, and so on. But this is about us, it's about Israel, it's about you know, the, the heart and soul of the country, and that's going to be the battle that is already raging. So I'll close with that and go back to your question on Saudi Arabia. I think, um, you know, I, I don't want to prophesize if it's going to happen in 2023 or not, but uh, there is uh, the, the, uh, the incoming trend or the uh, long existing trend of uh, the warming up of relations between Israel and the Saudis, that's going to continue. There are many reasons for that, uh, not least, obviously, the Iranian issue and the fact that uh, there's probably not going to be, you know, I, I hesitate even to prophesize about that, but it, right now it looks as if there's not going to be an, another JCPOA. So uh, relations between uh, Iran and its neighbors, Iran and the US, uh, and so on and so forth, uh, are not going to warm up, uh, perhaps uh, to, uh, even the contrary. So Iran will be still a focal point of uh, potential conflict diplomatic and otherwise, and uh, the Saudis will find it uh, useful to continue on warming up their ties with Israel. Uh, again, the uh, black sheep here is the Palestinian issue. In the case of uh, third intifada or major clashes between Israel and the Palestinians, the, it will also have an impact on the ability of MBS and the Saudis to warm their relations. Uh, but uh, the short, the, the bottom line prophecy here is I don't think we'll have a, a, a peace agreement or a normalization agreement between Israel and Saudi in 2023, but we will see more and more warming of the relations. So there's no question that when we talk about the Saudi, suddenly the Iranian comes up and on the cover of the magazine at the end of the year were the Iranian women of 2022 in Leuven. How do you feel about prophesizing about Iran right now? When you look into it, into that different culture, different place, Persian world, how we all look at it from the outside on the one hand, through our Western eyes to a large degree, how do you see this thing, how do you think that this is going to play out looking into 2023, Iran domestically, and then that impact into our arena? Um, you know that I'm not sure how to answer this. Do you know why? 
because as Israel is now turning to be fundamentalist religious, <laughs> don't like to think of us talking that about way. Iran in a way seems strange. I'm, so, I'm sorry about that, and that we're wasn't and that wasn't a joke. We're still but a democracy. Yes, Let's breathe deep. Yes, okay, but I do think that the regime in Iran is powerful. They can still clamp down on this. I don't see a regime change tomorrow morning, but we must look at it as a powerful uh, phenomenon, probably more than we've seen in the past. I don't think there's anyone here that doesn't support this struggle and what they're standing for. I don't think they'll overthrow the government. It's too powerful, uh, and it's much more powerful than that. Uh, and also another issue I want to take, and by the way, as far as being prophet, yes, I think we'll have peace with Saudi Arabia. It would have happened in a few months if it were not for that clash we're going to have in April. <laughs> and, and I'm saying it. I'm saying You're it. You're absolutely. Like, I absolutely. And also, I think I think Saudi Arabia need it. We need it. It's good for them. It's good for the region. The only reason it won't happen is because they can't do it as custodians of many ideas that will be it will be contradicting if we have a conflict with the Palestinians. And also, the more Netanyahu brags about his ability to do it, the less chances are that it's going to happen. And Netanyahu likes to uh, say what he can do. Uh, one more point I just want to make. I think. Uh, the issues here are not about prosperity, even though what we discussed before, remember that peoples, including us, have their heritage, have their interests, have their goals, have their resilience. Also, the Palestinians have long-term national goals. Even if they're well-fed and they find wives, it's not that they're going to give up their national aspirations tomorrow morning. We can't do peace with all the region, including Saudi Arabia, and think that the Palestinians will contain it. It'll be fine. It won't be fine. So we have to remember that. In a way, it's respecting our rivals. When I look at that, Amir, I like look at you and I go, okay, none of us want to be prophets. But at the end, there are, what are the main issues that you think are going to hit us in 2023? Well, you know, the prophets always uh, said uh, to the people of Judea and the people of Israel, to different kingdoms, uh, rivals. Uh, we are now speak about Israel as if uh, it's uh, one unit. Um, so uh, they warned, they didn't uh, only predict what will happen, but also warned what will happen to those who don't make it happen. But um, I do want to answer uh, your question by way of referring to what Iran and, and Reuven said. There is a triangle here, the American-Israeli-Arab triangle. Israel uh, started uh, warming up uh, to the, uh, with the Gulf countries after Oslo and because it was uh, supposed to have leverage over Washington. And for many years it did because of uh, Israeli prowess or Jewish-American prowess on Capitol Hill and with the administrations. Now, even under Trump, when Trump came out with his vision for peace and with the so-called Abraham Accords, which I don't understand because uh, all accords are um, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, uh, going back to Camp David, why are these? Uh, it's all? a good name. It's a good name. Okay, so because it's Abraham Accords, fine. So we, and we, we can find Abdallah agreements and uh, other um, copywriters' uh, <coughs> motors. However, uh, even under the Abraham Accords, the Emiratis um, pressured Netanyahu to forego uh, annexation of the West Bank or, or territories within. So the price that Netanyahu will have for a Saudi agreement to formalize, not only to normalize, but to formalize relations with Israel will first of all depend on his fighting 
Ben-Gvir and Smotrich within his government with their expansionist settlements. And also, um, it will have to do with his relationship with Joe Biden. And, and there are so many inherent contradictions in this triangle that uh, it doesn't seem realistic to expect that to happen. What could happen is that because of such a conflict, Netanyahu will try to kick the extremists out of his coalition and bring some centrist elements in, which will be very difficult to do as long as his trial is going on. So as we go around the table and we talk about the, the internal aspects, which are so challenging looking into 2023, just with a short sentence, let's just bring up three different players, U.S., Russia, China, and give in a short way, so 2023, is anything going to change Russia, Ukraine, U.S., Israel, China, the world, in that sense, looking into it. Do we expect any big change there in 2023? Iran, I'll start with you. Short. Russia, um, unfortunately, I don't see an end to the war in 2023. It's very hard to prophesize, but uh, I think we'll see more of the same, and that's obviously bad news. Israel, U.S., I think uh, there will be, if not a uh, hot conflict, at least... Uh, the uh, decline of the relationship. Confrontation? For, yes, for, for a variety of reasons, which we don't have time to... It's, it's not all about Netanyahu and Biden. It's about you know the regime change in Israel and the, the way it is looked upon from... A regime change in the U.S. too. We can't just look at it from our side. I don't think there is a regime change in, in, uh, in the U.S. There is an attempt of a regime change in Israel. There, there was obviously a democratically elected change in, in, in the U.S. And, and, the, and there is a democratic government there. Uh, and here. There is, yes, but the, there is a huge difference. We don't have enough time to discuss it. But th this government is not business as usual. It's okay. something else. I'll and leave in, it in America, it is. Okay. I'm uh, going to let that. I'm yeah. going to allow Ruven. I think also. this is a time where everything in our lives is unstable. Everything from our health, COVID, finance, financially, uh, strategically, as far as the military aspects, even nuclear weapons are on the table. Everything is open. So certainly the great powers and how we play in it, it's all open internally, externally. And as Iran said, even internally, as far as the sustainability of the, 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 this state, even with that, we're not sure of how coherent we are, how strong we are to sustain this in the future. So this is a troubling year. It's going to be a year that will decide things for the future. Uh, the great powers uh, will probably only react to what is happening here. We are not at the top of their priorities. If anything uh, crucial, um, significant happens here, they will react. The only proactive element or elements are in our area, Israelis and Palestinians. And you are asking us to predict what will happen in 2023. But there is a lot of difference between January of 23 and December of 23. As long, uh, when we get to the end, towards the end or the turn of the year, Biden will have to decide whether he runs again, and that will also impact what happens in 2024. No question whatsoever. Thank you to my three panelists. Thank you for the viewers. We appreciate your being here. Shalom from Jerusalem. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.